Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the last Sunday of 2020. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for joining us all this morning. And for those of you online, thanks for joining with us. Um, just a couple quick reminders for those of you who have maybe never been here or first time joining online. We do communion every Sunday service as a part of our worship. And um, actually, and uh, we will, um, if you're at home, you can get some creative elements, some juice, crackers out, or whatever. Um, that's what we typically use, but whatever you may have at home would be great. We'll be doing that a little later. Uh, we will also be taking an offering throughout the service. We, of course, will not do um, plates to pass, but we have these baskets up by the lighted candles up here. Um, they can be given in the baskets anytime during the service um, or afterwards. That would be great. Or you can always give online at communitaschurch.com. And there's a little give button in the upper right-hand corner. Um, otherwise, you can always mail in checks to 824 Laurel Street, Brainerd, Minnesota, 56401. And that would be awesome. With that, there's really not much more to say for announcements other than um, we're just looking forward to worshiping together this morning. I'm just going to pray, and we'll get moving on. Uh, Jesus, I thank you for just gathering us again here today and um, here in this location and then online and just as one body. Um, just bring us all together and unify us. And uh, um, yeah, 2020 has been a, a different year for all of us. And uh, but I pray that um, even through this year that you've worked in our hearts in unique and different ways and um, that we would recognize that you are our only hope and um, and that we would just continue to look to you and that um, that you change our hearts in maybe just unique and better ways that, that we can go into 2021 with. Um, so help us just reflect on those things of this year, um, the good things, and, uh, and just be with us this morning as we just worship together and hear from your word. Um, help us be a changed people group that is um, in love with you as we move into the city. In your beautiful name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you are in the room, you can stand if you're able. We have the pleasure of being led on this first song by Isabel back here, and also my sister Abby is joining us this morning. Um, but first, let's just spend one more moment in prayer together. So would you pray with me? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
can be seated. Good morning. Thank you, Izzy and Abby and Kelly. Thanks also to Matt and Ezra and Sarah in the back helping us out this morning. My name is Mike Gary. I'm the pastor here at Communitas Church, and Communitas is a church that exists to love God and to love people and to build disciples in and around the Brainerd Lakes area that gather together, grow together, and go together, that we would make God look good and build more disciples that gather together, grow together, and go together. So we've gathered here today. Um, how's everyone's Christmas? It's good? All right. Good deal. Good deal. And so we gather together today and, and we, we spend time worshiping the Lord. We spend time being and, and seeing one another both online and in person that we would be built and encouraged and, and, and to honor and adore the Lord. And so one of the ways that we, we, we do this and, and kind of a few different ways that we express this is through singing through giving, through gathering, being here together, and, and joining with the church, both local and global, taking part in what the Lord is doing throughout his creation. At this time in our service, we take a, a moment and we, 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 we celebrate communion. And communion is, is a, does a couple things. One, it, it reminds us individually that uh, we as, as followers of Christ, it's in just that one more way what, that we can wake up and, and we, we can participate in, in this repentance in, in acknowledging and focusing and centering our lives on Christ. And then communally, we also acknowledge that we are not to do this alone. When we look at the prayers throughout Scripture, they're always using collective language. It's not just us and God collective, but it's us collective. And so by celebrating in communion, we, we get our eyes off of ourselves and get our eyes onto the Lord and onto one another and celebrate and remember that this is part of something that we are doing together. So I know that this year, some of us were like, oh yeah, we didn't, like, we didn't get to or have to see that like weird, crazy aunt or uncle or that you know, cousin that always is like, you know, doing weird things with, with uh, you know, bodily fluids and whatever else. And that was kind of nice. But also within the kingdom of God, we also remember that, that there are, we have those weird relatives too. Maybe we are those weird relatives, but in, this, in the kingdom of God, we're not ostracized for that. And we, we include that and we move forward despite of that. And communion helps us to remember that we are in this together and we are in this for the long haul. And so we're going to take some time to reflect on who is God the Father and what has he done who is God the Son, and, and who, who, how did Jesus live his life, and how does that inform the way that we live our lives, the way that we treat one another? And then what does this mean about and, and who is God the Holy Spirit, and how is God the Holy Spirit working in and through us? And so often we see the Holy Spirit as kind of this, this weird relative of the Trinity that we don't really understand, right? We're like, we get, we get who Jesus is, we get who God is, we can kind of conceptualize that, but then all of a sudden we get to the Holy Spirit, and we're like, ah... Well, the Holy Spirit is a person who is actively speaking and working in and through us. What is he speaking to you? Who is he calling you to be? What sin is he convicting you of? What, what practices is he confirming in you that are good that you continue to do that? And, and then who, what specific names and faces or times and places has he placed you, has he put you, has he placed you around that you would communicate the gospel and convey this message? to the world around us. 
And if you're following along, if you're listening to this, if you can hear my voice, if you're here in the room and you're just kind of kicking around the tires of the faith, you're not really sure who God is, who Jesus is, what the Holy, who the Holy Spirit is, what any of this is all about, then I'm just glad you're here. And we'd love to have the conversation with you about what this looks like and help you walk through this. And I invite you to pray along with us as we ask, who is God the Father and what has he done? Who is Jesus and how did he live his life? And how does that inform the way that we live our lives? And then who is God the Holy Spirit? And what is the Holy Spirit doing in and through us that would convict us of sin, confirm in us that which is good, that we'd be able to more articulately convey the gospel to the world around us? And so we celebrate what here, here what's called open communion, which means that you don't need to be a, a, a member of communitas to celebrate communion with us, but we would ask that you would be a repentant follower of Jesus. And so if that is you, we're going to take some time to, to ponder these questions, to listen to the Lord, right? We're not in a monologue at the Lord. We're in a dialogue and relationship with the Lord. And so we're going to take some time to, to reflect, to listen. And then as you're ready, we've got elements set out to the back there and then to the left and to the right. And then as you're ready, come on forward, grab those elements, bring them back to your seat. We'll read some words from Scripture, and then we will all participate uh, of the meal together. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for all that you have created. We adore you. We are awestruck by what you have done. And Jesus, we thank you for the way that you have lived your life the sacrifice that you've made. We thank you for the cross. It is not something that we could have done. Holy Spirit, you are working in and through your people. You are continually causing our gaze to lift upward to the Lord, to focus on Christ. And so, Lord, we pray that you would convict us of our sin, confirm in us the things that we're doing that are good, that we would continue to do those things to draw closer to you, that you would, we continue to listen to your invitation. And Lord, as you are inviting us to convey this gospel to all the world, we also know that you've placed us in specific places. Who are the names and the faces of those where you've placed us that need to hear this message?
talked earlier about the the weird, crazy relatives, and Jesus gathered a, a pretty similar, diverse and eclectic crew. And so the last time they were all together, this group that had been that made made no sense why they would be together. You had people on on they, they would have been Mac people and PC people. They would have been Chevy, Ford, Toyota and Dodge people. They would have been Republicans and Democrats. He brings them all together under one meal and they share and they, they speak to this mission going forward. And it's to those people that Jesus takes the bread and after blessing it, he breaks it and he gives it to them and he says, take and eat, this is my body. And despite the fact that every single one of them, the Mac guy, the PC guy, the Ford, Chevy, Dodge, Toyota guy, the Republican, the Democrat, every one of those folks in that room, despite the fact that they'd sworn they would never do this, they'd never, ever leave him, they all ditch him and leave him literally for dead. And despite that, knowing that that was going to happen, knowing, having that been planned out the entire time, the entire time they were walking around, all the great meals, all the great stories, before all that, the Lord knew this was going to happen, and he still takes a cup, gives thanks, gives it to them, and says, drink of it, all of you, for this is the covenant of my blood, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Lord, you are amazing that you would forgive us despite all that we have done, that you initiate this covenant, that these are your, this is your idea that you seek after and speak to us. Lord, we thank you for this. We pray, pray Lord, that this would inform and inspire the way that we live our lives and that we would continually turn toward you who continues to offer us an open hand and an open door. Amen. Okay, so we have finished with Advent. We talked about Christmas and the presence and the, 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 the present of the Lord. Right? And, and next, next week we're going to get into the Gospel of John and we're going to spend a good portion of the next year in the Gospel of John. But before we get there, I want to just take today and, and we're just going to talk about prayer. I want to take a few moments just to talk about the nature and the character of God. And, and, and as we look at and we think about you know, the new year and the past year and whether it was 2020 or 2000 or whatever it was, that you know, there's always this, you know, we, we, it's, this is a transition period where we start to talk about goals and we think about what's coming next and what's gone behind us and how do we think about what's moving forward. And a lot of times people talk about, oh, you know, like this next year I want to pray more or this last year I prayed more and I'd like to continue to do that. But then there's also so just some confusion around that. And so what I'm hoping that we can do today is I want to just give us a little bit of food for thought about prayer, about the nature and the character of God, about who God is, what prayer is about, why do we pray, to whom do we pray, and to try to, to kind of demystify and give a little bit of, of clarity 
around this really big idea of prayer. And I'm going to try to do it in under 25 minutes, so pray for me. Um, it will be, and uh, yeah, it'll be something, that's for sure. Okay, so in our text for this, so we're, uh, Benjamin's going to read to us, and we're going to be reading out of Isaiah 62, verses 6 through 12. We're going to read out of Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. We're going to read out of Acts. Um, I read it a bunch, what was it? He's going to come up and read. Uh, we'll be reading out of Acts uh, 18 verse 5, and then also uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, which is a little bit of a review from what we did uh, a few weeks back. Uh, but um, so if, you, if you, you're going, gosh, that was, a, that was four different things. Uh, how did you, what do you want me to do? Really, we're going to be spending the bulk of our time in Isaiah 62. So if you want to flip to Isaiah 62 verses 6 through 12, um, Isaiah is just right of the middle of your Bible. If you see like uh, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs, keep going. If you get into Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and a bunch of other really interesting names, come back a little bit to your left, and uh, Isaiah is there. If you want to follow along on a mobile device, feel free to take that out, and uh, we'll be using that a little bit more later today. Or if you just want to read the words on the screen or on the bottom of your screen, that is perfectly acceptable as well. So Benjamin, whenever you are ready. Not as intuitive as I thought. Isaiah 62, uh, verses 6 through 12. On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have set watchmen. All the day and all the night, they shall never be silent. You who put the Lord in remembrance, take no rest, and give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes it a praise in the earth. The Lord has sworn by his right hand and by his mighty arm. I will not again give your grain to be food to your enemies, and foreigners shall not drink your wine for which you have labored. But those who garner it shall eat it and praise the Lord, and those who gather it shall drink it in the courts of my sanctuary. Go through, go through the gates, prepare the way for the people, build up, build up the highway, cleared of stones, lift up a signal over the peoples. Behold, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the earth, say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your salvation comes. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. And they shall be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and you shall be called sought out a city not forsaken. Luke 18, 1 through 8. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always to pray and not lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice again my, against my adversary. For a while, he refused. But afterward, he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice, so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. 
Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Acts 12, verse 5. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. First Theth- excuse me, First Thessalonians, I'm going to say Thessalonians from Veggie Tales, Thessalonians 5, verse 17. Pray without ceasing. Thanks, Benjamin, and thank you, Lord. We adore that you you call us not forsaken, that you remember us, that you are present with us, that you have promised your salvation, that you are bringing it to, to fruition. Lord, we thank you that we're able to gather together and to read these words, and we pray that we would take our resources, we would use what you have given us, we would steward it well, and that we would not take lightly the fact that this is a gift. This is a privilege that we have. pray that we would use that to further your kingdom. Think about the places of the world where they do not have this in their language. Lord, we pray that your work would continue, that people would be able to partake and to see and to hear your word proclaimed. Amen. Okay, kids, at this time, you can head on out this way. Mr. Lonnie Smith has a great lesson planned for you back there. And so Lord, we thank you for Solomon and for Brian and for David, for Duncan, for Molly. For Wyatt, for Izzy, and for all the kids, Lord, following along at home. We pray, Lord, that we as the adults would would continue to mature and, and to be adults in the faith not just in our society, that we would grow in likeness and image of you. Amen. Uh, so, 2021 is coming. Most times of the year we get done with, uh, we get done with Christmas and we start thinking about what goals should I have for the next year? And we think back and we go, what goals did I have for this past year? And for some of us, we look at the goals that we had for this past year, both personally, collectively, maybe an organization, a business you're a part of, school, sports team, whatever, and, and it looked different, right? And for some, it was great, and for others, not as good. I was talking to a friend of mine who sells uh, individual, personalized, in-home uh, exercise programs. This year was a great year for him. Uh, yeah, so they, yeah, so that was, that was good, good for him. Um, and so how many of us are looking for, I mean, does anybody here, you know, make goals? I know that sometimes we talk about New Year's resolutions and some people are like, well, I don't want to wait till, why would I wait till January 1st to change? I would change right now. But any, anybody out there may just, you know, raise your hand if you want to or not. 
I like to make some goals. It's usually a good time to kind of reflect and go, okay, what are some of the things I want to focus on for the next year? And, and so that we all have these different, sometimes we have different goals, right? We have things that, oh yeah, like here's a good time to change. And then usually there's things in the mail, you know, advertisers have taken advantage of this and like, hey, we know that you're going to want to, you know, get a better mattress or, you know, get, get better sleep. So we'll try to sell you a better mattress. Or you want to get in shape, lose some pounds. So we're going to sell you an exercise program or, you know, we're going to ship nutritious food to your door, whatever it is. I don't know. Is anybody else? Am I the only one getting those, those mailings and those, those advertisements? Okay, I guess. All right. Neat. I'll have to talk to my mailman about that. Hey, dude, what do you, what's the deal? And, and, so I want to just kind of pose a question. What about prayer? How often do we think about prayer? How often when we think about goals and we think about wanting to grow and we think about, you know, waking up every morning as we think about, uh, you know, kind of in light of what we've read this past year in the Torah and, and waking up every morning and how they, the camp was focused in such a way that the first thing they would see was the presence of the Lord. And, and how are we orienting our lives and how do we orient what we do so that when we, that we wake up that we would be focused on and participating in the presence of the Lord that we just celebrated a few days ago in Christmas. And, and what I think is so funny, I mean, so that, that verse, the last verse that Benjamin read, I mean, anybody into, and if, you, if one of your goals this year is to memorize more scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5.17 is a great one to start. Pray without ceasing. Okay, cool, got it, moving on, next day. Um, and, and a few weeks ago, we talked about this very verse, right? And we talked about the verse before it and the verse after it, and we talked about rejoicing, we talked about praying without ceasing, we talked about giving thanks, and then we even some of our discussion questions in our groups were centered around which one of these three is most difficult. And, 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 you know, and we even, some of us even confess that, hey, sometimes all three of those are difficult, or they've been easier or more difficult at various times throughout the life, our lives. And I think prayer is, is one of these very interesting parts of, of the Christian faith, specifically in kind of the Western evangelical faith and in kind of our expression of, of, of that. And because we don't always know what to do with prayer, right? Like if you, if you talk to people about prayer, like it's kind of like flossing. Like everybody knows, like does anybody think that flossing is a bad idea? Right? Like we would all agree that flossing is a relatively decent idea. It's good for us. It you know, doesn't take long, whatever else. How many of us, though, actually floss? Masks on, it's cool. Don't worry about it. Like, no shame. But, like, and, and so, and if you ask a believer, if you ask a, a number of Christ followers, I mean, if you come up to me at various points in my life and, or in my day and you say, hey, what has it been looking like to pray without ceasing? If I'm honest... I will tell you that it has been difficult. If I'm honest, I will tell you that it is work, that I've not always done it well. And I, anybody else with me on that? Or am I the only one? Right? I mean, I've, I've, I've heard from enough, uh, enough of you that there should be at least a few heads kind of going, yeah, it's not always been super easy, and it's something I wish I knew more about. Because and I would say that most often we kind of look through and, and we recognize that, uh, you know, kind of in our stage of development, as we go along and as we're growing and as we're maturing in faith, there's this, we kind of go, okay, so I recognize who God is, right? I mean, that was, you know, for me, like I was about 16 years old, first really kind of grasped, like, who the Lord is as a person, not just a principle, right? Like, as a, as a person with whom I can relate, not just an intellectual ascent toward a, a various theological construct or principle to follow, right? And so... 
And so we recognize the Lord, and then all of a sudden it's like, it, you know, so you're just praying, and you're just going, I don't even know what this is, and so I'm like following written down prayers, and, and it, it just, there's this explosion of excitement, right? And then starting to learn, being discipled, and being taught, and I'm around people who are praying, and I'm, kind of, I'm going, okay, I should maybe pray before a meal, or I can, you know, pray before a test in school, or pray before a, a hockey game that I, you know, I wouldn't get punched in the head, and that I wouldn't punch someone in the head, uh, that I was... The last couple of years of my hockey career, that was that was before every game. Um, and then we move into, into kind of serving, and, and so all of a sudden we're kind of our, our faith is moving outward, and we're we're serving other people, and we're growing. And but then all of a sudden, like there's only so much that we can do. And and so often for as I, as I've, as I think about my own story, and as I've heard so many of your stories, we get to this point where we've gone, okay, I've I've grown. I've been discipling, I've been discipled, I'm discipling others, I'm serving elsewhere. Is, is this it? Like, I just feel like I'm on this treadmill, and I'm not really sure how much longer I can sustain this. But what did, we, what did you hear in what I just said? Who is, who is the, what was the propulsion agent there? What was moving any of that forward, Right? It's just me. I'm going, okay, I'm going to the Bible study. I'm reading the book. I'm serving. But there's no engagement with the Holy Spirit. And unfortunately, for so many of us, we don't really know what to do. There's this, there's this turn that needs to happen inward that's been happening, but so often we, we end up focusing on that which is exterior, that which we can measure we don't spend any time tending to the inner soul. We don't spend any time learning how to pray. We don't spend any time learning how to dialogue and commune with and relate to the person of God. And for some of us, we can do this for a long time, right? We've got boundless energy, and we can do this for a long time. Or we can kind of get in, and, and we can just sort of just kind of move along as this outer shell. And there's... Is there anything wrong with this? Is there anything wrong with recognizing God, being discipled, and serving others? No, absolutely not. But what we see in the text today, and as we see and we read throughout, uh, you know, as we've talked about the last year in the Torah, what is the Lord inviting us to? Who does he say that we are? He says that we're his treasured possession. And he's inviting us into relationship with him. He's inviting us to participate in what he is doing. You say, hey, I'm glad that you're out serving. You're doing these things. I'm doing those too. Would you like to come along? And if you're going, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, I'd like to do that. I'd like to come along. You say, well, let's join together in prayer. Three things on, on prayer, and I think kind of some barriers that we often run into, is one, uh, competency. We just don't know. We have no idea, right? Because there isn't really, you know, clear, concrete, you know, the, the, the kind of our society would give us, would say, hey, you know, I mean, how many of us, you know, you go to school, there's a program, right? There's a curriculum. You, when it comes to prayer, I mean, prayer, I, I read someone who said that prayer is a buffet. But if you eat the same thing all the time, you'll become malnourished and die. And so for so often, we, we get one kind of, thing or we, we have this vague notion of what prayer is and we do that and, and but we, we, we become hungry and we keep doing it and then it fizzles out. So competence, we just don't know. Some of it's character. Right? We're just like, I just don't care. I just don't care. I just, I just don't want to. And 
That was me for a long time. I remember both, and, and my incompetency fueled my lack of character, my lack of resolve toward the Lord. And I remember listening to a guy talking about prayer and just having this just, yes, like just robust prayer. Like, I mean, this dude, he would pray and it was like, oh, this like makes sense. You're like taking the words from scripture. You're praying them back to the Lord. And it's like, there's this dialogue. This is really great. And we got done and my, and maybe I've, 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 I think I've told this story to some of you. I remember getting done and my mentor came up to me. He's like, hey, we're going to gather some of the, the staff and a few of the students and, and we're going to pray every Monday at seven o'clock for an hour. And we're just going to just get into our Bibles and we're just going to pray. And as a punk 20-year-old, I was like, uh, Monday, 7 a.m., like that sounds like a pretty prime time for some sleeping. I don't know that I really want to be spending any time in prayer. And, uh, and he just looked at me and he's like, that's because you don't know how. That's because you don't know how. And I remember right where I was sitting in the back of, of, of the chapel, and uh, I mean, it was just like a total cup check before a boxing ring. It was like, oh, okay, yeah, um, I am not equipped for this. Okay. So Monday, 659, I will be there. And, um, and I, and, and we did, and we, we prayed for the, the rest of that school year and it just radically changed my life. And then we did that. We, and we continued to do that with other people. And it was amazing just to watch the way that people's lives were radically changed because all of a sudden their competency increased about who God was and how we respond to God. And then their character also became more robust as the Lord informed who they are. And then third, so care, competency, character, and then just general confusion, right? How, I mean, you could, if you go online and you Google ways to pray, I mean, there's just going to be this list. And we're just going to be like, oh gosh, do I, like, should I pray with people? Like, is that, is that the way to do it? Or, or should I pray alone? Do I lock myself in a room and just pray by myself? Should I just pray internally without using words? Can my lips move if no sound comes out? Should I pray out loud? Should I, should I do that? Should I follow written down prayers? Should I, should I just do my own thing? Should it be short? Should it be long? What, what does it look like? And God in his word says, yes, all of that. Just pray. I want to hear from you. I'm sp- I've spoken to you. I'm listening to you. I'm just asking that you would speak to and talk to me and listen to what I have to say. So as you're thinking through how do we approach this, I mean, it is, and, and you think about prayer in your life, is, is, is it competency that's a barrier? Is it, is it character? And is it confusion? As we look at the text for today, let's, let's just look at, at Isaiah 62, I know this is a little bit abstract, and so I gave you, um, so we're going over um, you know, the other three chapters as well, just to kind of round that out a little bit more. But So Isaiah 62, so Isaiah's writing, uh, so this is describing a time, um, so this is on our walls, O Jerusalem. So if you come into Brainerd, are there wall- do we use walls anymore to protect cities? Do we have any, any physical walls around? No, we don't, right? But back in the day, you would have these vast areas in between cities, and then you'd build a big wall around it. And on that wall, the wall was so big and so wide that you could actually walk on top of it. If you go to some European cities, you can actually do this. You can walk around various cities, and you can look down on either side, and, and you can see what's going on in the city. You can see what's going on outside of the city. And so he says, okay, on your walls, O Jerusalem, I have set watchmen. So who initiated this plan? 
the Lord initiated this plan. He says, I have set watchmen. So what he's done, he's taken these people and he said, hey, watchmen, I want you to just be up on the wall and I want you to spend your job while everyone's rebuilding the wall, while you got some people that are planting other things, I want, you're going to be up there on the wall. All day and all night, they shall never be silent. Sounds like a great job for some of our more verbally robust folks. You who put the Lord in remembrance, take no rest. Same. Never stop talking about encouraging the people to remember the Lord. Get on that wall, remember the Lord, and then talk about that out loud so that the people on the inside of the city will always remember and the people who are coming from the outside of the city to do good or to do bad will know whose city that is and the type of people who live in it. And give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes it a praise on the earth. Okay, we talked last March, maybe, February. It's been a long time. Some of you weren't around here for this. But we talked about Abraham, this guy Abraham, right? And the Lord promised him two things, property and progeny. He said, I am going to give you a, a nation. I'm going to give you land yourself. And I'm going to give you a bunch of people. Now, how long does it take to get a bunch of people? It takes a long time. And so we're still in this process, but the Lord has promised the people. He says, I'm going to establish this. So when we're reading through and we see things like establish, that's a, a hearkening back to that should help us to think back to the fact that the Lord has promised something is going to happen. It might not happen on our timeline, but it's going to happen on God's. And so he's saying to the people, he says, hey, I'm going to stick these people up on top and I want them to, their job is to pray aloud and to remind the Lord, to call out to God and to say, hey, keep talking until justice comes. Put yourself in this position, right? You're sitting on the wall. By the way, the wall is in various stages of repair. You ever been on a job site where not at, like you still got rebar sticking out? And not like a clean job site. Not like one where, where like you just started fresh. Like this is, this is a remodel of a remodel. Okay? So I mean, there's like stuff. This is like fixer-upper nightmare. You got stuff hanging out. There's concrete all over the place. There's rebar. I mean, like you would better have your tetanus shot. Okay, and these people are supposed to sit on the wall and, and the Lord is saying, hey, just sit up there and your job all day is to just remind me. Say, hey God, justice isn't here yet in case you'd forgotten. We haven't forgotten your promise that you said that, that there would be justice and that we as a people, we would be redeemed, that your salvation is, is here, it's coming through us and, and we're going to extend that out to everybody else. We remembered that. We remember and it hasn't happened yet, so come on, let's, let's do this. These people know justice. These people know it, but they're not experiencing it. These people are trying to do bad things to us. That's their job. All day, all night. And the Lord says, talk to me. I'm not going to fatigue from hearing you. So often we, we see God as this distant father who doesn't really care, who doesn't really want to interact, right? 
But God is a God that loves to give, give good gifts to his children. We, when we think about Luke, right, what, what's going on in that passage of Luke, right? The judge is, he's, he says, I don't fear God, I don't fear man. Don't care about God, don't care about people. Just give me the facts, I'm going to make the decision, we're moving on. But this poor widow, so the person on, just estranged from society, he's like, no, I mean, she's just going to keep badgering me. And, and so we see that, that, I mean, the Lord is the exact opposite of that. Lord's saying, come, petition me, invite me into, I'm, I'm here, I want you to partake in what's going on, join with me. And where you see struggles, where you see things that aren't going on, let's talk about that. I'm with you, I'm worth being sought, I speak, I hear, I want to hear from you, I want to speak to you. You've met my daughter, perhaps. She is small, she is giggly, she is cute. She gets things she wants because of that. It's not fair. <laughs> B- both to me and, and from me and from others. We're walking in Shields um, one day, and uh, we were going to buy her some new Crocs. And she had outgrown her old Crocs. And she found this pair of white Crocs. I'm like, why would you buy white shoes? You, like, you want <laughs> Those are going to get dirty. And she just comes up, these. Like, you are not even two. Right? Just, I mean, just melts my heart. And you're like, oh, I guess I'm, I don't even know how much the Crocs are. I mean, I'd like to get the Crocs on sale, but I don't think that's, that's a debate that I'm going to lose today. We're walking out of here with these Crocs. Because I want to give my daughter good gifts. I want to see her thriving. I want to see her happy. And it's not just like, oh, I want to just placate her and just get her to shut up and leave me alone. No, I love when I say, hey, let's go outside. And she goes and she finds her Crocs and she puts them on herself and she's so proud and she goes outside and we have a great time. I'm a sinful, broken man. And I delight in that. How much more does God delight in hearing from his kids and giving us what is good for us? How much more does God, when we cry out and we go, Lord, I just, I, I, we're doing this thing together. I want to be all in. Help me to do that. How much more does the Lord delight in that? The Lord who is perfect, who is not broken, who is whole, who has no ego that needs to be overcome. And how does that begin to inform the way that we pray and that we approach him? And so he swears by his right hand and his mighty arm. He says, I will give you again your grain. It won't be food to your enemies. There's change. The promise is still coming to fruition. They've been robbed from in the past. He says, that's, that's done. We're not doing that anymore. Verse 10, go through. Go through the gates. Repetition always is a, is a highlighter, Right? Go through, go through the gates, prepare the way of the people. This is priestly covenant language. Prepare your heart. Prepare the temple. Prepare the sanctuary of your soul. Build up, build up the highway. Clear it of stones. Lift up the signal over the people. Behold, the Lord is proclaimed to the ends of the earth. So to whom? To everybody. To the select group or to all? To all. He says... Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your salvation comes. 
Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense, his recompense is before him. The Lord has brought salvation, right? We just celebrated this a few days ago. That's why we gather together. That's why we give gifts. That's why we long to be with family during these times. And they shall be called holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. And you shall be called, called sought out, a city not forsaken. If, if you are hearing the sound of my voice and if you are following Christ, you are called the holy people. You are called the redeemed of the Lord. You are called sought out. The church is called the city not forsaken. Right? So how does that begin to inform the way that we pray, the way that we approach the Lord. So often we get confused and we go, I can't, I can't find God. You don't, you don't have to find him. He's, he's seeking you out. Sometimes we're, we're spinning in circles going, I can't find him, I can't find him, I can't find him, I can't find him. It's like, hey, just, just stop. In your desperate plea to find him, he's, you're, you're running away. Just, just stop. Be with him. So what are, we, what are we seeing in this passage? What are we hearing in, in what's been going on? Is that the Lord speaks to us. He hears us. And he wants to speak to and hear from you. He's inviting you in. He is worthy to be sought. Sometimes this, this can land a few different ways. And, and, and most often when we speak about prayer and we speak about the way that we approach the Lord, usually it, it kind of lands one of two ways. Uh, we can either go, there's, there's conviction, right? We recognize that there's a barrier, there's something that we are doing consciously that's separating us from God, and that's conviction of sin from the Holy Spirit. And we need to do something to change. There's also condemnation, right? There's, there's an attack from the enemy that would say, yeah, there's, there's no way you get to come in. There's no way you get to enter the Holy of Holies. There's no way you can, you can come and stand before the throne of God. There's no way you can dialogue. You haven't earned it yet. Not yet. And that's a lie. Because right here, we read about the redeeming Lord who seeks his people out and who does not leave them forsaken. We have proof of that last week as we celebrated the birth and the presence of the Lord. What's the opposite of forsaken? Present. Forsaken is forgotten about, left alone and outside. Presence is the opposite of that. We worship a God who is present with us. Not an abstract idea, not a principle, but a person. Who is not far, but is near. Who redeems us. Who transforms us into his holy people. And calls us a city not forsaken. Is that not, does that not get us to well up a little bit inside? Does that not move us? Does that not stir our hearts just a little bit? Just a little? Like a little bit more than, than, a, than a new goal for next year, an exercise program or a better diet? I mean, this is like the God who said, I'm going to come, I'm going to be with the people. I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to be born in the palace. I'm going to get out with my folks. I don't want to be contained. I want to be with the people. And saying, yeah, approach me because I'm going to redeem you. I've not forgotten about you. 
And you, my church, as weird and funky and goofy and as many times as you've screwed it up, you can't screw it up so badly that I can't fix it and you can't screw it up so badly that I'm going to leave you alone that we're not going to do this anymore. Why? Is it because he thinks that like we're going to muscle up and we're going to you know, do better? No, because he is the one who is worthy to be sought. He says, no, I am present so you cannot be forsaken. I am a redeemer so you will be redeemed. I am salvation, you will be saved. So as we begin to see the greatness and the glory of who God is, this should hopefully transform us to see ourselves more clearly. To see that we don't need to, we don't need to, to get all cleaned up before we come and pray before the Lord. That's what we do. In, we do that in prayer. We invite the Lord into that. I mean, how many, anybody, anybody out there ever try, like, you just caught up in sin or some sort of bad habit and you're just trying to do it on your own and it just doesn't work? It's like most of my life. Then I confess that sin, I bring that to the Lord, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's right, there's, there's freedom there. There's an invitation into wholeness there. You can begin to walk with the Lord there. And the beauty of this, and, and, and for, for so long and throughout the, the story of Scripture, we see that the Lord, he's, he's inviting the people in, but we don't come in and now through the cross and as a result of the presence of the Holy Spirit, these promises are, are true of us and we can partake in them in a, in a radically different way. For some of us, it's a little bit weird because we start going, oh, I don't know. Like, we're okay with the intellectual side. We're okay with, with reading about God. But then it's like, oh, we can actually have an experience with God? And we get kind of nervous, right? Because we're going, oh, that's, that could be a little bit mystic, couldn't it? Like, that sounds a little bit new agey, isn't it? Well, I mean, most of Scripture would, would advise to the contrary. But it would say that it should be rooted in the words that He's revealed to us. If we're just off listening to you know what's going on inside of ourselves. I don't know if you ever listened to your own internal my internal dialogue. It's not great, but this dialogue is beautiful. This dialogue speaks of redemption and salvation, of presence, and of a people on mission to go and and to bring this good news to the world. And so the Holy Spirit te- seeks to teach to our competence to form our character and to guide us through confusion. We go, gosh, like, I don't even know how to pray. What do I do? Paul in Romans 8 says, hey, the Holy Spirit is our intercessor. I mean, the book of Hebrews is just wrought with, with the story and, and just that Christ is our mediator, that Jesus, the same Jesus that we just celebrated who was, who was born, that same Jesus who lived, died, and rose again, sits next to the Father and eternally is petitioning God on our behalf. And is seeking to mold and change our character that we would reflect the image of God that has been placed within us. So when we don't get this, when we don't see that, that, that the Lord is worthy to be sought, when we don't understand that he's a good father who seeks to give good gifts to his children, when we don't understand that, that he is speaking and hears, that he is personal, then we begin to treat him like a vending machine, don't we? And our prayers just become this task list for the Lord. The problem is that when that happens, then who, who's in the driver's seat? We, we're in the driver's seat. And what does that mean? That we're trying to play God. 
I don't know if you've ever, like, I think I would make a crummy God. I really do. I'm, like, I've, I've lived long enough and I'm, I'm, I've, I've seen enough of my track record to know, like, yeah, I'm, that would be bad. Like, I'm still selfish and broken and the Lord has tons of work that is yet to be done on my ego and, and my abilities. And I just don't think that I would make a good God. I think that God makes a good God. I'd rather just listen to what he has to say. Because he, he already wrote it down. And he's inviting me to speak and to listen and to learn. And he's guiding and he's molding and he's guarding and he's shaping me. Practical application. How, so what does this look like? Okay, so we've talked about this. Maybe going, okay, God, like, okay, I get it, Mike. We should pray. I get it. God is great. What do we do about that? Pray. Respond. Just on my own, just this is, I don't know this is necessarily, this is just kind of some thinking of my own. So take it for a grain of salt. I, I don't know if there's, as long as it's rooted scripturally, as long as your, your heart trajectory is toward the Lord, I don't know that there's a, a necessarily a bad way to pray. I, I know that I'm on, on some kind of choppy water there, but I, I think if, if, if we're moving toward the Lord, whether, I mean, pray aloud, pray quietly, pray with people, just, just pray. And if you're going, gosh, I just, like, what, what's my first step? I mean, if, if someone were to come to me and they say, just, what's first step? One, I mean, there's a, we can talk about that. If, you're, if you've got, I, I could, we could, I know that, like, lunch is going to happen soon, and we need to go. I could talk about this stuff all day. And so if you're going, God, I want to, I would love to learn how to pray more. What are some, I just need some, some tips, some tools. Love to have the conversation. Give me a call. I think one of the, the easiest ways for me because I like acronyms, and I think it's ACTS, A-C-T-S, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, Supplication. Start with, with who is God, and what has he done? Who am I, and what should I do as a result, right? This is part of what we pray during confession. And why do I start with adoring the Lord? Because it gets my eyes off me. I know that I've left my own devices. I'm just going to pray through my task list. Lord, give me. And that's cute when you're one and you're looking at Crocs. That's not cute when you're 36. You should be like growth, right? Like we want to be maturing in faith. We talk about this every week. So I adore the Lord. We praise God for who he is. God has a name. He has, and then he has names and attributes and there's lists that throughout the scripture. Let's pray those back. We, we look through Isaiah 12 and we go, okay, he's called us to be a holy people. He's called us to, that we're redeemed. He says that we're sought out and that we're not forsaken. Well, we've been made in his image, and so if these things are true of us, they must be true of him. If these things are true of us, they must be true of him. So you can pray back and say, Lord, you are holy. You are a redeemer. You seek us out. You have not forgotten us. You just adored the Lord. And take some time in confession. Lord, forgive me that I, I try to do, do this on my own, that I'm not holy, that I walk away from you, that I refuse to be redeemed, that I hide from you, and that I forget about you. 
And then we can thank him. Thank you, Lord, that you have not forgotten about us. And that when I walked away, you did not walk away, but invited me back. That you continue to redeem me. And despite my inability to follow you faithfully and steadfastly as you have to me, that you still are working and making me holy. So Lord, please help me. Help us to be a holy people. That we would live out of our redemption. That we would recognize that we have been sought out and that we would seek others. That we would be the church not forsaken. You did it. Just take the words from the Bible and pray them back to the Lord. Take your favorite scripture, meditate on that, think on that, and then just pray that back to the Lord. Say, Lord, you are praying without ceasing. Lord, you are are rescuing people. Lord, you are listening and you are not impartial. So a few questions as we think about this kind of coming full circle. What what does your prayer life look like right now? No, and, and if you're feeling condemnation on that, that is not from me. I'm not here to guilt you or to condemn you or or to you know accuse your prayer life of being subpar. Always and only to invite greater fervency in our prayer. And so if, if, if there's some tension around that, let's explore that together. Don't do that alone. Because that usually just ends up in shame and the Lord is always calling to humility, adoration, and praise. Not to shame. So what does your prayer life look like now? And, and what's going well? I think so often we look at, oh, it could be better, it could be better, it could be better. Well, yeah, but like, is, does it exist? Well, that's great. You know, like, let's build on it. So what's going well? And then what would you like to see different? And what will you do differently to make it so? Is there something, we were talking with somebody the other day, they're just like, yeah, I just, I just don't watch, you know, I watch the weather and I, I don't watch the rest of the news and I've just taken that time to pray. Awesome. Like what's one step, what's one thing that you can do just to carve out, a, we all have 24 hours in a day. That's all we've been given. So what does it look like? How are, what are we going to do differently to make the changes that we're, we're called to? And how will you pray differently this year knowing that the Lord is holy, that He is a Redeemer, that He is seeking you out, that He's not forgotten about you, that he sees you and that he hears you and he's inviting you to speak to him so that he would also speak to you. So when we hear God's voice, we remember and we remind and we rejoice. Let's remember that God is worthy to be sought and let's remind others and let's rejoice over the fact that God speaks to and hears us and is speaking to and wants to hear from you. Continue to pray with me. Heavenly Father, you are indeed worthy to be praised. Lord, we see that that you invite us to go through the gate 
that you have prepared a way for us and that you are building a new kind of kingdom and a new people that you have proclaimed to the end of the earth that salvation has come and our reward is in you. Let's stand and sing a couple more songs together before we head out today. Riches are enough.
our song shall rise to thee. seeks us, and who is worthy to be sought out, who hears us, and who speaks to us. As you go out this week, as you go out for the rest of this day, as you think about this next year, may you walk in the invitation that he is giving us, that he has extended to us, to seek him and to pray. If you are interested in uh, having a conversation more about this, feel free to grab myself or one of the elders. Um, there's also, could have put the number up, uh, you can text 218-209-2031, 218-209-2031 uh, with questions or prayer requests that you have. 
each week, if you have sent us any of your information, if you have replied to the emails that Nick has sent out or the, 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 the invitation that he's given you, um, you are prayed for every single week by the elders. And so we, we take this seriously. And uh, so if you have that, feel free to 218-209-2031, and, and we, will, we will pray for you. Uh, Sean Hopman has been leading us in uh, a, a prayer format called Lectio Divina on Wednesday mornings. If you have interest in that, that is available to you as well. But man, let's, let's make this next year a year where we pray and we continue to pray and we learn more about prayer and, and we see and participate in what God is doing in his kingdom and we stay there. Have a great rest of your day. Go in peace.